That gets me every time. And of course, our audience doesn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a good thought to start this. And as soon as she said that, this meeting is being recorded. Out it went. I think this is Mike's secret obsession. He's just like, hey, folks, you don't even hear the, this meeting is being recorded. But every time you don't hear it, it makes you wonder, well, what are they talking about? And the answer is, we listen to it, so you don't have to. Yeah, and you don't Hi, have folks. How you doing this evening, Mike? We're doing good, and uh, welcome one and all on YouTube and in podcast land. Uh, you are listening to the Tangent Kings. I love it. Welcome once again to the Tangent Kings Podcast. I am, of course, your humble servant, OG Michael Francis. And I'm here with my partner, Grime, Mr. JJ Banks. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing very well this evening, Mike. How are you? I am good, despite the fact that my left ear drum just just went pew-hoo! Ah, jeez. Things are flying over everywhere. It's like Vietnam all over again. Really? Getting shot at from all above! They're coming in from the walls! Ah, ah, crap, I'm hit! I'm hit! Are you talking about Vietnam or are you talking about replicators? I don't know. It's Vietnam Wars too. Yes, I'm talking about replicators. Oh, good lord. The I... robot li little insect replicators that fill up your... fill up your walls and your mind and your body so you can't sleep. Which is funny because I was just watching walls. that episode. Uh... Vietnam Wars 2? Oh, I love that show. No, Stargate, you idiot. That's a Stargate? That's like Vietnam Wars 3. You gotta get to the second part. You can't just skip around these things, Mike. Oh, my gosh. We have to get you educated. Anyway, so we got an article this evening, Mike, it sounds like. Oh, we do, but before we get to that, just want to wish everybody uh, an early happy July 4th. You didn't wish me a happy July 4th? Where's this coming from? Are you part of everybody you, you you wait until we start the show to say hey happy july 4th everyone yeah, it's like you're, my, you're, you're included in everyone i figured that I want, would be I, more I, efficient ow i want to be named i want to be named specifically name what well, do you just hurt yourself mike no you're blowing out my eardrums dude well, how am i blowing out your eardrums also want to wish out. a happy belated Father's Day to all you fathers out there. Belated Father's Day? Where, you didn't even wish me a happy belated Father's Day? You're not a father, as far as I know. As far as we know. Doo -doo -doo -doo. And I know you a lot better than you think. My Doo -doo 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 -doo. wife got me a nice present for... My wife got me a nice present for uh, Father's Day, you know? Do -do -do -do. you let me speak? No. Well, I'm yes. going to speak anyway. Um, there you go. Good job. I don't know if you... Uh, Mike gets a backbone. What is that? That's basically... That's a cruet. No, for holding whiskey. Cruet? I filled it with my absolute favorite. Well, a crystalware. 
crystal ware. Yeah. Is that like China? China mm -hmm. ware? Glassware? I don't know these things are crew it. That's like what you tell your, uh, uh, that's what you, you say, hey guys, I want you to go crew that tank. That's what you tell them. That's what you call a crew it. Is that what you give them? It's like, hey, good job crewing that tank in a timely fashion. Here's a crew it for you. That's what it sounds like. You uncultured swine. Uh, I'm the uncultured swine. I'm carrying this episode. You're welcome. In advance, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he spits out his tongue. <laughs> in the words of Stephen Melanie, not an argument. But, yeah, so she got, got you this. a cruet. She got you a cruet, and you've well, got three. a glass of whiskey. You've got three glasses of whiskey? No, no, three cruets. Three cruets? you got three tanks to crew, man. That's what... If I had a little Lego army, that's what I'd tell them. I'd be like, hey guys, you need to hop into this tank and crew it right now. Okay. Get a little Lego build. Little, yeah, little, I'm going is... to get my half track. I'm going to build my half track. And I'm going to have a couple Panzer tanks. And it's like, I can't see your whiskey cup. I mean, I already get two half tracks. And then I'm going to make a rocket battery on it. On the 250 half track. And there's going to be a panzerwerfer and it's gonna shoot like 10 rockets out of it but it doesn't actually shoot because it's a lego one it's gonna meanwhile, be awesome my soul is draining out of my nose meanwhile mike's soul ah! you gotta get we gotta get you booze the f up man i'm already on my way there uh <laughs> well Frollo, well Frollo, when did you join this podcast you shall never know. Uh, <laughs> Witchcraft. It's like, what is this microphone? Yeah, but but yeah, seriously, happy Independence Day, everybody. No, in advance. And it's going to be a really good one for the state of Tennessee. Yay, did, uh, Tennessee. Because in one hour, 54 minutes, as of right now, Constitution... Ugh, Constitutional carry is about to go wow. into effect. Well, wow, you're really you're really inebriated. How much whiskey have you had? It's been only like ten minutes. I just got a little tongue tied, dude. Give me a break. Yeah, got a little tongue tied. I don't know, man. I'm on to you. I don't think Mike can hold his whiskey. Shut up, Mike on the rocks. <laughs> Not this week. <laughs> I gotta tease you a little bit, man. You give me that look, like thanks. I'm like yes. Just you remember, have I have powers of editor. You do, but you'll leave, you'll, I think you'll leave this in. You know, it's funny. We were, um, we are having this, this was popped into my head, um, to, you know, tangent away. We were having this, uh, conversation, uh, this, uh, afternoon. I was having this conversation with a couple friends who are in seminary on the discord, on our fantastic discord. And I was asking them, I gave them a document that a, pa for a pastor that a church I used to go to. I said, hey, he wrote this for a friend's wedding. How about you guys review this and tell me what you think, and then I'll kind of share my thoughts. And they shared their thoughts, and I said, you know, I think that the way he wrote this, it's reflective of the particular pastor we were talking about. I said, what's reflective here, and it's not just reflective of this particular person, this particular pastor, but this seems to be kind of a problem in a lot of Protestant circles or the American church in general is that there's this attitude of, let me, I'll, I'll phrase it like this. Mike, have you ever met um, theologians or pastors that seem so caught up in the technical details of theology 
right? Or they're so in this I, this academic bubble as far as uh, theology is concerned um, that they just seem like their heads caught in the clouds. Have you met people like that before? Uh, a few times, and I've seen some of them who are like analytical to a fault, or uh, or to your point, I, I'm the one who's overly analytical. Ask my wife how <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, she, she... I, I remember one time I was listening to a pastor, and he was talking about he was doing a series on the 12 uh, the 12 disciples mm-hmm. and on that particular day he was talking about peter and he was reading from saint matthew's gospel and now this this is a point where i just wanted to jump up and say something well i i didn't because one i wasn't there i was watching on facebook mm-hmm. well anyway he's he's reading us uh out of matthew's gospel he says and i say unto you you are peter and then slams his bible shut and the Catholic side of me wanted to jump up and say, ah, 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 open that back up, Buster, finish the passage. <laughs> so you so you heard that, and so it's just it, it's someone that was a little, well, okay, so here's my, here's he, my he whole got, point. Yeah, he, he got up, uh, caught up in his own point. Right, right. Of, of so what he was he, making. Right, so I'll, I'll kind of, I'll kind of phrase it like this. So um, there are, this particular pastor, um, is somebody that one of my friends who will go unnamed he said that he's not a great preacher and he's a really really bad shepherd which i would completely agree with well i i need more details than right and i'm gonna try to keep i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna try to keep it vague but um my friend said that about this particular pastor and in the context of the wedding that i specifically mentioned a few minutes ago um with him uh he's somebody that's it's very much my way or the highway, right? Ah, it's this, yeah. it's, this is the correct theology. And if you don't get it, you're wrong or that you just aren't worth my time kind of thing. Right. It's not so much like an elitist. It's, it's not like I'll, I'll finish this up. Then, you, then I'll let you have the floor. Well, it's no, not I was so much, saying I've been, I, I've been like, that. Oh, oh, I see. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's not so much that he's this elite, like, like a leftist elitist worth or smug <laughs> that they have this Cheshire, <laughs> grin on their face every time they tell you something like they're looking at you lying in your face it's not that kind of smugness or elitism it's more like um i'm it it kind of rubs off as a little bit of intellectual superiority Uh um not relatable very impersonal and (laughs) it, it it's almost like i'm gonna present this brilliant thing to you and if you don't understand it that shows you how brilliant it is Oh, I, I see it all the time, not just in theological circles. I see it all the time in like political discussion circles. I see it right. at, at my job. I, you, you get these people everywhere. And it, uh, and I, I tell people, you know, my, my dad's actually a martial arts instructor. Mm-hmm. And there was a word that Grandmaster taught him. It was called dochi. Dochi. Which, yeah, dochi, which... If I remember correctly, it translates to you know, drunk on one's own thought or drunk on one's own uh, speciality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like you see, you see Dochi all the time. And I remember, especially going through public school, ooh, what a joy that was. Yeah. The, it was Dochi everywhere, yours truly included. Yeah. But yeah, you get those people, well, I, I, I'm going to show you why two plus two actually equals five and look at how brilliant i am 
Oh, yeah. shut up. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's exactly that's exactly my point. Yeah. Uh, or uh, another version. You know, we had this kid in our class who all, his excuse for everything was, and I quote, "My mama worked two jobs. I don't need this." I wanted to slap that kid up the upside the I'm head a, so many I'm times. A, you know, it's it's uh, it's interesting you mentioned that too. I mean, like nobody freaking cares, dude. Yeah, like it, this has nothing to do with your mom. No exactly. one cares about that. Right. Stop making excuses for why you can't do it. Otherwise, leave because you're never going to do it at this rate. Um, an acute case of acute itis. Yep. And there's not, or unfortunately, there's not a lot of vaccines for that these days. <laughs> but the good kind of vaccines. But and YouTube, the, if you censor that, I'm going to smack you upside the face. So my my point is is that it's it's there's there is um there's a when you're presenting a speech to someone it's that is it designed to help someone understand someone to educate them or is it to show how like you said i'm so drunk on my own thought i'm going to show you how amazing of a person i am which is rooted in insecurity and egotism that you don't mm -hmm. like yourself so you're trying to strut by using big words or using a lot of uh, theological <laughs> jargon. Sorry, that, or use... that, that just brought up a story to mind. You know, Bishop Sheen shared this one. Mm. Where, you know, he was getting into a cab and you know, he's, you know, he's having a conversation with the cabbie. And eventually it came up, you know, he was, you know, he got to his destination. He paid his fare and he was just about to head into the building when the cabbie said, you know, I really do appreciate you, Bishop Sheen. I, I learned a lot of big words uh, while watching your show. I really like your voice too. It's got a lot of uh, it's got a lot of animosity in it. Wow, <laughs> that's funny. Well, it's 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 funny, but like the whole the whole point uh, the, the point I'm trying to make too is that it's um it's theological jargon that doesn't really have any substance to it. It's very empty. It's very, you've, cause Mike, you've read stories before, right? Where it's very, um, very wordy, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. wordy and it's not really saying anything. It's a lot like big paragraphs and like paragraph after paragraph. And it's not it, really saying anything. It sounds anything. like it came from Gilbert and Sullivan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yes, I just I'm, made a reference to, I am the very model of a ma modern major general. You are, but I thought you were a sergeant. One, I was a corporal. Two, <laughs> I am the very model of a modern major corp marine corporal. Oh, what am I gonna do with you? I hey, I earned. A, I got a grin on your face. I got a reaction. I like that one. I stand by that joke. But anyway, the whole point I'm uh, trying to make is that if there isn't an emphasis on teaching, almost. Right to pass yeah. a knowledge onto other people so that it can kind of impact their lives, kind of thing, and that was kind of the whole point. And I, I mentioned that um, kind of because that was something that I grew up with in my church um, that I'm no longer a part of, and then I kind of noticed that in a lot of Christian uh, Christian circles too. To the extent I don't know, but um, there are a lot of theologians out there, like leading church figures, that are just like totally lost in the theological woods, in this to the degree that it's just like they're totally out of touch with reality. Yeah, yeah, I can see where you're going. And uh, obviously, immediately, Joel Osteen came to mind. Uh, you know, it, that yeah. actually came up today at work. You know, I, I've been, I just started reading Glenn Beck's, you know, Arguing with Socialists. <laughs> Is that and someone pointed, 
Yeah, and someone had pointed over, uh, pointed to the book and went, "Isn't that that rich pastor?" Well, that's, that's like, pretty good. well, uh, no. <laughs> so, out of curiosity, Mike, at your workplace, which we will is anonymous, obviously, but just like how many, what kind of people work there per se? Like, I, I mean, live like, in, is, I live and work in rural Tennessee. What do you think? Well, you know, the way you describe a lot of these people is that they sound like some of them are really high-strung. Uh, a couple um, of them are. Left, high-strung leftists. Uh, there there like. are a couple. Which is like, to, to me, in a rural Tennessee, it's just like, how like how does that work? Like, explain that to me. Well, idiots are idiots everywhere. Yeah. Are they... Are they uh, the people at your workplace that are like that are they older are they younger or like what kind of uh, age range are they same age as i am thereabouts okay i really don't interact a lot with people mm. i find it with easy people... to interact with a camera uh <laughs> <laughs> and thus an actor was born <laughs> i was you on stage put... once once <laughs> what was that one joke you had where it was uh it was a um it was the democratic farm and labor party and they were setting up a, a speech to be given at this uh, oh I, I think you're talking about one i stole from ronald reagan yeah still, yeah tell me the joke you stole okay so there's this republican uh politician who was traveling through some territory controlled by the Democratic Farmers League. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, he was stuck. People were curious, so he... So they asked him to give a speech, and he looked around for a podium, and the best thing they could find was, uh, well, a pile of what some people up there would call fertilizer. And, you know, he gave a speech, came down, and a woman stopped over she says stopped and he said you know that is the first time i ever heard a republican speak and the uh politician says yes madam and that's the first time i've given a speech from a democratic platform <laughs> <laughs> especially these days no truer words were said indeed with oh don't get me started on some of this nonsense i've been hearing over the past couple days Hmm, what nonsense have you been hearing? Because I got a couple I could uh, screen share and show us. Well, we'll start with the Olympic athlete. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Why don't you yeah. tell us about that, Mike? Well, just my immediate thoughts. You know, there's this athlete whose name is Gwenberry. Mm -hmm. Now, she, uh, she first rose to fame in the 2019 Pan American Games. Mm -hmm. And recently for... I believe, yeah, the Olympic tryout games. She placed third, so she's on the team to go to the Olympics. But she starts mm -hmm. making this... Uh, I'm not going to say protest. She starts doing things during the national anthem. Which, you know, if, if you're on a high school football team or track and meet, whatever. You know, I, I don't agree with you, but Heck, you you do you. As long as your coach will let you, you do you. Mm -hmm. But when you're going to represent the United States in an international competition, mm -hmm. uh, uh, no. 
it yeah it's yeah i get it freedom of speech wonderful thing but mm -hmm. no it has its place well, you know, let's kind of put it this way, too, is that there is, I mean, you, you even take it from the example of the military, you know. Yeah, uh, because, you, I, you know, I remember once upon a time I could be court-martialed for expressing a political opinion well, representing the Marine Corps. Like, well, here, for example, here's, my, for, here's, here's an example real quick, and I'll let you share yours. Okay. Uh, <laughs> not long after I got stationed at Camp Lejeune, mm -hmm. I joined the Knights of Columbus, and I attended a okay. March for Life in Jacksonville, mm -hmm. North Carolina. And, you know, it, it was just a small thing. But, you know, I I remember during that climate, especially, I I could have been court-martialed if I had went to that march in uniform representing the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. And that's... Yeah, that, that's sort of what I'm getting at. Right, I mean, well, you it, know... It's one it, thing to express your personal opinion representing you. Yeah, when you're representing the nation, or in my case, representing the Marine Corps, that you leave politics out of it. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's like this point too. I was going to say is that you know you salute the rank, necessarily the person, right? You represent the institution or the thing, the symbolic representation of what that means, right? So when when someone, what what did she say? She had a shirt that said "activist athlete" on it. Yep. What she's saying is that she's saying it's a religious thing. It's a religious fervor of I what's more important it doesn't matter that I'm in the Olympics what I want is saying my politics and me being standoffish and promoting myself and my ideals it's almost like I she needs to stop the whole Olympic event and what and draw attention to herself saying hey look at me everyone look at me yeah, I'm exactly, important you know, what I believe matters yeah and no, I'm sorry, but her god is the camera. Well, of course it is. It's it's attention because what what you're saying is that not only are you a deeply insecure person deep down, you're not only saying that, but what you're also saying is that millions of people, I need to take steal all their attention away from they're paying to come see the Olympics in some capacity, or people are taking time out of their days to watch the Olympics saying, no, it should be about me, everybody. Look at me. What if I ran the zoo? And it's like, if you ran the zoo, nobody would come to the zoo because you don't know how to run a business. That's an unrelated, but the whole point I'm making or is country. that. Yeah, right. Well, that's exactly right. AKA Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, fuck off. <laughs> but it's, it's that you are, nobody cares about what your politics are because nobody asks your opinion you're just spewing them you're what's the, there's a there's an expression uh where it's uh victim puking right where look how much of a victim i am right yeah as i'm making upwards of 400 grand a year well that and that's exactly not, the irony. i'm not saying that's what she makes but i'm just right sort of spewing a number out there uh, well, uh, uh for example like uh cardi b megan the stallion that coronavirus what coronavirus cardi b said that oh yeah <laughs> uh, and it also colin kaepernick that's the one i was trying to come up mm -hmm. with and i yeah you know i'm a victim and i'm also a multi-millionaire right well it works he shows you that they're grifters but the whole um or here's here's an example too when you present yourself when you're presenting your your religious views and you're so unreasonable about them 
right? Number one, nobody cares about, nobody wants to listen. Number two, nobody really cares. And it completely says that I have no merit to what I'm actually saying because I'm not only resorting to public making a scene, right? Instead of saying I'm making a reasonable point, I'm resorting to spectacle and in other cases, violence. I have to resort to this because that's the only way I can actually get people to either submit to my beliefs or not. It just shows you you don't have an argument. If you're reasonable, and, and leftists ultimately- Or holding people yeah. accountable. Which is air quotes of saying, I want them to bow to what my religion teaches is a- I've, um, I've Otherwise, is a let, them, let them lose their entire livelihood and let them die of starvation. Right. You know, I actually, um, I actually read a quote recently, and this actually comes from one of Robin DiAngelo's books, I think. Because mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Robin DiAngelo actually either said this or wrote this. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the quote was exactly, but it could boil down to, you know, there is no such thing as a good white person. Yeah. See, that, that, that sort of line sounds vaguely familiar. Uh, And that's exactly it. And they, they don't, and I don't think ultimately they can people like Robin D'Angelo, I don't think they care. They don't care about, they, they don't want, they don't care whether their views are racist or not, right? Because they've, they reinvented a whole different definition of racism to give them moral justification to do what they want. They've written their own moral court of ethics to justify being evil to people and saying, no, 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 you see, comrade, this is good. This is justice. We're going to justify looting and stealing and uh, pillaging, right? We're going to go rape and pillage effectively in, in any capacity that we want and with the moral justification because we're victims. So that's part of it. The other part of it is you create the space to do that. But the other part of it is like, they just, these people just want to be violent. You look at just their actions. They just want violence. And not to mention the changing around of language to boot. It's you know, right. we can't even agree on common definitions anymore. No, so how and the that's... hell are we supposed to have a conversation? I think that's actually part of the point, you know. You know I think prevent so too. a conversation, you know, let this be the conversation. Well, right. I mean the thing about what with communists, for example, what they do is and this even goes back into um uh the Chinese Communist Party in the sixties. Um Mao himself even said the same thing that leftists, when they say a word, they don't mean the same word that you and I mean. They mean something totally different. So when they say, start a conversation, start a dialogue, right, or interject it into the national discourse, what that really means is when, okay, a dialogue and a conversation is both people talk and exchange ideas in a calm fashion. When they say start a dialogue, what they mean is one person does all the talking, another person doesn't say anything and just sits there and takes it and listens and absorbs it. Yeah, and, and then... And then bends down, kisses the shoe, wipes it off. Yeah. I've actually that, seen people doing that. It's like people. Yeah, that happened this past week. Uh, what was it? It was the group um, Watchmen for Israel where they just run around taking the Bible out of context, screeching, like yelling the Bible at passersby and telling them bow to um, bow, physically bow and kiss my. Oh, you, yeah, those guys. Uh yeah. I, I can't They've been remember. around for years. They do spectacle stunts like this. You know, I, I, I don't. I don't know if they have jobs. You know, I I'm almost tempted if I ever run into one of those, I'd say, okay, so so you claim, you claim the authentic priesthood. Yeah, on what authority? Yeah, <laughs> and then they'll they'll 
take another passage and then they'll just yell, kill you, let you. They'll do that. Well, the funny thing, you look at their YouTube channel, for example, and it's all like, oh, look how much we're getting attacked. We're the victims here. Even though we're being belligerent and making public scenes, same kind of context, right? It's mm -hmm. we're going to make a public spectacle to harass passersby or harass people. Yeah, and going back, to, to going back to Gwen Berry, you know, oh, look at how these people are treating me. They're saying mean things, which half the time it's like this mean thing is just, Okay, if you're going to do this, then you shouldn't be representing the U.S. in an international competition. Absolutely. So it's like, you know, oh, look, I'm the victim here. No, you're a, you're a jacket. Uh, yeah. Let me, get you, let me get your hot take on this, Mike. Um, let me share with you a CNN article that we were kind of looking at right before the show, kind of read you through it, and then you tell me what you think. So this is uh, June 29th, 2021, taken from CNN.com. Uh, GOP hypocrisy on Gwen Berry and the National Anthem. And there's a linked video here. And apparently Gwen Berry said, I never said that I hated the country. Hmm. Says U.S. hammer thrower. Yeah, it says U.S. hammer thrower, who turns her back to the National Anthem, which is a unifying symbol for the country, for its ideals, albeit not lived up perfectly but we've been building yeah. on it yeah yeah and uh, what was the other thing i said too right before we started i, I had a really good thought and no it had it'll nothing come back in... yeah it, it'll, it'll come, come back, back. But... yeah but the whole point is that while people are turning to the flag putting their hand on it singing the national anthem which personally i think and i'm biased mind you i think is the best national anthem and the prettiest national anthem of a pretty much every other national anthem out there it's a really beautiful song every all the other ones don't sound interesting at all i mean it is um, beautiful you know i i do the, love my country i love my national anthem yeah uh, i mean the ussr did have a really catchy one but well, that's that, obviously awful and still used today uh yeah, well the course. tune is and it's just interestingly it's enough it its original uh title was oh not title but it's uh the original song for that tune was the anthem of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Doesn't surprise me. So this article is written by Jill um, Flipovic, who wrote a book called OK Boomer, Let's Talk How My Generation Got Left Behind. And she spends a book saying how millennials are, you know, how we got crapped on by everyone and it's like okay that doesn't help build anybody up but all right um so she says republicans do sure have a bizarre sense of definition of patriotism in air quotes prominent members of the gop are outraged that hammer thrower gwen berry silently turned her back away from facing the american flag while the national anthem played at the olympic trials in oregon saturday oregon where does that sound familiar uh, Barry, who placed third and qualified for the Olympic team, was holding a bouquet of congratulatory flowers in one hand as she then held above her head a black t-shirt that said, Activist Athlete. In response to this peaceful protest, peaceful pro it, it's, it's, it's just her throwing a hissy fit. Um, mm -hmm. A vocal cadre of Republicans are livid. Dan Crenshaw said she should be kicked off the Olympic team. And Ted Cruz tweeted over an article about Barry, why does the left hate America? And it's like, well, what else, what, what other conclusion would you come to when somebody does something like that? Which, I mean, if you're coming from Oregon, depending on what county in Oregon you're from, that could be a possibility. Um, uh, 
former governor of Wisconsin, Scott Walker, tweeted, what's wrong with these people? Um, no, no correction. He says, what is wrong with people? And added that when he was growing up, everyone stood for the American flag. If Gwen Berry is embarrassed by America, then there's no reason she needs to compete for our country at the Olympics. Well, yeah. Amen. Yeah. And then uh, Jill goes on. She says, then somehow this became an issue laid at the feet of the White House. On Monday, a Fox News reporter asked uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki about it, and she said that while she hadn't discussed it with Joe Biden, he's incredibly proud to be an American who has great respect for the anthem and all that represents, especially for men and women serving in uniform all around the world. Yeah, yeah, he has great respect for what the anthem stands for, uh, as he ha uh, as he threatens to nuke half the country. Uh, <laughs> Don't forget the F-15s. Yeah, and the F-15s, yeah, which just makes me want to get an AR-15 even more. Uh, or What's that I one line? What's that one line from Babylon B where they said Emperor Palpatine says the rebels <laughs> would need a the... Death Star to take on the Empire? Yeah. Otherwise, you should go home. <laughs> so, but yeah, he this says is that... coming. This is coming from the same government that was almost toppled by an unarmed riot. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, give me a break, right? Yeah. <sighs> It's funny they they when they play the victim the, their government is so fragile, um, but when they're all powerful, right? Mm -hmm. When they're in power, they act like we're such victims when they're on when they when you criticize them. But then when they're on the when they're not victims when they're not being criticized, they run around just telling out everyone's a piece of crap. Mm -hmm. She continued. Um, he would. Also say, of course, that the part of the pride in our country means recognizing there are moments when we as a country haven't lived up to our highest ideals, and that means respecting the rights of people granted them by the Constitution to peacefully protest. I, on its face, well, vague, but had it, it had its merits. But you don't do that when you're representing the actual country. Well, it's almost like it's almost like the it's almost like. Can you imagine how it's like it's deliberately vague to try to she's uh, not yeah, draw she's... out sympathy, which well, she I is. guess well, I just fell just... for. But what she's trying, I mean, she's taking it a, a line right out of Saul, D, uh, Saul Linsky's Rules for Radicals, where you say, yeah, you make the opposition, you hold them to their own ideals and you point out how they don't live up to them. And so she's saying the same thing here. It's like, well, the U.S. hasn't lived up to its ideals, which and we've been fixing it. Yeah. And so, because we haven't lived up to our ideals, um, therefore, it's okay to completely destroy, like, Which, to and, destroy the country. And I think, in recent times, especially, uh, the ideals have been somewhat twisted. I mean, nowadays we live in a uh, we live with this idea of freedom, where it's just, you know, if you say no to anything that people want, that equals fascism. Mm -hmm. Give me a well, break. Well, it's also interesting, too, because the state, uh, we talked about this and, you know, Carl Benjamin pointed this out uh, many months ago where um, you operate like it's it's not freedom as in a, in a human as in a human right that's endowed within you from the creator. It's not just that it's um, it's state. The state defines your freedom. So it's 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 state to it's the freedom to do what the state approves of you to do, but not to stand against the state. Um, but for her part, Barry continues. She said that she was set up, according to her, that she wasn't. Oh told yeah, because because playing the anthem never happens at a sporting event. Uh, God forbid. Where did that come from? 
Yeah. She said she wasn't told the anthem would play while she was on the podium. Oh, I never give said me that a freaking freaking break. I she mean, says, you're standing never... on a podium on a ceremony similar to that of the actual Olympics. What did you think was going to happen? Were they going to play the international? Yeah. Well, it, also, the national anthem is like a three-minute song. So, okay, it surprised you. So just turn around and put your hand on your heart. And she said, I never said that I hated the country. Never said that. All I said was I respect my people enough to not stand or acknowledge something um, that disrespects them. I love my people, point blank, period. Okay, what you're also saying is that my people, um, that the United States flag doesn't respect you. And she's kind. Of, she's saying the United States flag doesn't respect my people, and my people are at odds with the United States flag. What she's almost saying it's is like, that my people are. Then Americans. I come back to my original point. That why the. Well, what she she's saying is like, okay, so let's let's reverse what she's saying. If she says, um, "I love and respect my people enough not to stand or acknowledge something that disrespects them," so you, okay, so. That by that logic, right, I don't stand by something that disrespects my people, right? So I'm not I'm gonna turn my back. I love my people, so I'm gonna turn away from that. It's like so it really sounds like you hate or don't respect the country because it doesn't respect you you're saying that it doesn't respect you. It's like dude, you're just you're you're gaslighting people. Um so she goes on to say the plain fact is her actions are protected under the very constitution that conservative patriots claim to revere and it'd be wildly inappropriate and frankly un-American to remove her from the Olympic team for exercising rights of free expression. People So this is what leftists do. They, they want to censor people and block them. They want to, uh, they cancel them, take them off social media. They say, don't give them a platform. They attack people. If they host them, they get them kicked off the internet. They silence them. They throw them into the metaphysics, the, metaphorical gulag exactly. so you can't you know, talk i mean you got athletes making millions of dollars a year uh oh no we, we can't attack their free speech you know especially when they're turning their back to the american flag and i think at one point either her or somebody else was actually making faces and making like fart sounds during the national mm -hmm. anthem that's funny but you know you got this you got your regular joe you know just somewhere working a regular job and he says, you know, I would prefer Catholic monarchy. Oh, we gotta silence that guy. We gotta, we gotta make his family starve. We gotta hold him accountable. Okay. You know, let his family starve. You know, he's an outcast. He he deserves this. It's like, yeah, which is, you know, it's <laughs> so when they always say it's anyway. So, so she goes on to say that. So when leftists say that, right, but then when you criticize them or say, well, that person should be kicked off, when you apply the same standard to them, all of a sudden they're suddenly the most avid defenders for freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're not, you're not for freedom of speech. No, you know, you're, not, you're not, you're not. Olympic track oh and field star. She just starts oh. playing it. That's why, that's why people don't go on to CNN because you start playing stupid stuff. <laughs> Let's play yeah, something dude, that sounds like an ad. You're talking about me getting boozed up for this episode? Remember, this was yeah. full when we started. Yeah, you're crew it. Um, let's crew it. That's the second tier. So she goes on to say it's particularly rich how many of the same conservatives who are criticizing Barry are also some of the chief whiners. 
about the so-called cancel culture and that they have had much less to say about the very real acts of insurrection and attacks on America that have come from <laughs> members of supporters of their own party. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, there's a, there's a very big difference from some schmuck who works at nine to five stating his opinion, you know, just living out his day-to-day -day life, not expected to represent the whole country. And, and someone going to the fucking Olympics to represent yeah. the United States of America. Yeah. Well, the thing is, too, is that what she's saying is that what she's deflecting here, um, she's deflecting here. She's trying to say, oh, don't look at me. Don't look at um, this group. Look at those people who are daring to criticize. So she's going to ad hominem attacks because she doesn't have an argument. Um, so she says supporters of election loser Donald Trump stormed the Capitol complex, threatened to hang then President Pence. OK, well, here's the thing. They didn't storm the Capitol. They were led in by the police and it was a peaceful protest. They were unarmed, by the way. It wasn't an insurrection because they didn't try to topple the government. If they were, they would have brought guns and they would have tried to, um, they would have physically tried to shoot people. They didn't do that. There was a small, a very, very, very small group of like two, three, four, not, it wasn't two or three, four, but it was like two, three, it was a very small group of people who were violent and the, the crowd footage there's footage to, to show that the crowd condemned that violence um and there's evidence to suggest that those people either may have may have very well been infiltrators or fbi agents um but they keep calling this an insurrection like they and it's like this isn't an insurrection this isn't an insurrection and you know there's evidence to the contrary but she, what she's she's trying to get you to say oh you're whining about the election and now you're trying to talk about the sacred duty of our liberty i'm like what are you talking about um so she says frantic frantically scrambling for their lives in a shocking assault at the seat of our democracy See, here's the funny thing where all of a sudden this jargon started coming from like as soon as donald trump got elected they start talking about like the sacredness of government like it's this holy shrine the sa the seat of our democracy Right. Or it's Biden saying we the people means we the government. Like Wait, as if I, I we are the church that. of Christ. Well, do you remember when Biden said that from the seat of the uh, the um in the uh State of the Union, Biden said that when the Constitution talks about we the people, it says that means the government. Look I that must have missed that. Look that up. It's like we the people means the government. It'll, it's still on YouTube. Um so oh, nearly and, six and that this is the same genius who says, you know. No, we, we have rights because of who we are, and we yield them to the government. Uh, no, you don't. First of yeah. all, our rights from come from God, you idiot. Yeah. Yeah, and these people, these people are like totally shameless, but she goes on to say that um, she's attacking Cruz here, and then she's basically, she, so what she's doing is PR for Barry, pretty much. She's writing an opinion piece, attacking every single one by name, of Barry's critics in government. She doesn't actually list any of the other critics here. She's just saying, oh, these are the, the critics in government. And then she's saying, oh, cancel culture doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the news. I was going to make this point, but I'm tired of me. Uh, I'm tired of having to make this point over and over again. Not necessarily on video, but. So while Crenshaw proclaims, so she goes, Jill goes on to say, she says, and while Crenshaw proclaims that he wants to cancel, cancel culture and complains about a violent purge of all things that don't conform to the radical progressive religion, he has no problem with demanding Barry be canceled, kicked off the Olympic team for exercising her constitutional right. So she keeps saying that she's repeating her point. She's saying, oh, she's got a constitutional right to, um, 
say that. And it's like you're you're playing this card. You're playing this double standard card where we it's freedom of speech for us, but then we get to cancel you. Um. she goes on it's a, lot, a little bit of this rambling um she's just trying to make it that her all the critics are hypocrites for many conservatives love of country seems to be something shallower and more performative it's waving a flag it's reciting a pledge it's standing up for the song now what she's doing is saying well it doesn't really matter at all that people um stand for the pledge it doesn't mean anything it's meaningless um it's postmodern, right that the flag doesn't mean anything um waving the flag doesn't mean anything Standing up for a song doesn't mean anything. And then this, here's the funny, here's the ironic thing she closes the article with. She says, that stuff is easy. There's no real work or sacrifice in blindly and reflexively proclaiming loyalty to your country, protecting the very values enshrined in our constitution when it's hard. That's devotion. That's the work of a loving, of loving a country beyond performing patriotism. So it's interesting how she's saying performing patriotism isn't doesn't actually mean loving your country and then she says and that's where so many republicans are showing that their patriotism is less about a deep belief in american freedom than desire to demand conformity orthodoxy and line towing that's not freedom at all no that's exactly what your party's doing you you're demanding conformity and by the way she doesn't she doesn't deny what crenshaw said of violent the left is violently purging all things that don't conform to the radical progressive religion she didn't deny that she just said he's an idiot because that's a because that's what Jill's party is doing. It's conf she wants conformity, they want orthodoxy, and they want line towing. Well, I wouldn't say orthodoxy because orthodoxy means tradition, and they they want absolutely nothing to do with tradition. That's for sure. It's also kind of ironic on the corner here to the left. It's why the race fist is so powerful because it's 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 the communist equivalent of doing a sig heil. It's not ethical. It's like you're yeah he's crossing the line but he's right <laughs> yeah. I mean right. yeah this, this means nothing uh, except you know when I was in eighth grade you know chasing uh, I, I was Horton the elephant and Sissical Junior mm -hmm. and I remember chasing the the Wickershams you know after they take the clover you know like this yeah yeah but uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, standing for the pledge, placing your hand over your heart, yeah, that means anything. Yeah, that means nothing. Yeah, neither does this. Well, you notice how they kind of, what they're doing here is they, they keep doing this. What they do, they get you to pin, so they basically spin their opposition into this unreasonable position, and they say you have to adhere to that, right? And if you adhere to that, you're big. Basically, they create a position for you to be in, and then they pin you to it and say you have to conform to that opinion. And if you don't, we're basically going to tell you what you need to believe to make you unreasonable. And it's funny on OKCupid, I'll tell you this real quick. Um, on OKCupid, for example, they ask you political questions on your profile. Mm -hmm. Well, like, yeah, because you, you want to make sure that whoever you match with is compatible. Well, you'd think so. What, what I mean is political questions, like not like what are your political views, it's more like do you support this or are you a bigot? What, do you what? support this or – yeah. That's what it is. That, that's how the questions are, are phrased. So instead of saying, like word are for you word? No. So so it's it's a little bit more insidious than that. So an example might be. Oh, so it's like, uh, it's sort of like, you know, pick one of the options. You know, do you believe in 
for example, a woman's right to choose. Uh, yes, yeah. I believe in a woman's right to choose. No, I don't believe in a woman's right. Uh, I don't believe in women's That's rights. Exactly. That's exactly. So they phrase it where basically like you agree with it. Or if you don't agree with it, you're an evil person. So, for example, if they say, do you believe love is love? Well, like, what does that mean? <laughs> now, more descriptive question might be, do you support people to... Do you support people to believe in gender theory to the degree that they think that there's more than two genders? Oh, which that's, brings that's us to the basketball player. Oh my! I I keep forgetting the name. The name escapes me, and you know, honestly, I don't watch sports. No, I honestly don't give a crap about sports. Yeah, except that it used to be this, you know, this nice little time, just you know, spend time on a Sunday. I remember mm -hmm. we used to watch NASCAR all the time. Yeah. Oh, look, they're making another left turn. I wonder what's going to happen next. But yes. That's funny. How are we on time, by the way? Uh, we could probably start giving some closing thoughts. We got about 10 minutes, but. Okay. But you know, there goes that train of thought. Mm -hmm. It'll come back. No, it won't because no, you leftists out there. If there happens to be a leftist watching, you drive me to drink. <laughs> you drive me to drink. So because and here and here's the thing, I I think that I notice over the past couple of years is that it's it's not just the hypocrisy, which they just plow through like a steamroller. It's not just that. It's a shameless hypocrisy. It's a shameless arrogance. It's a shameless uh, like the lie to your face. And they mm -hmm. literally will just because they, they don't deal in reality. They don't believe in facts. They don't believe in logic. They don't believe in science. Oh, I remember what I was talking about now. Sorry, Sorry the, it came back to me at a oh, very bad time. But you know, I was talking yeah, about that basketball player. Yeah, yeah. I, I was listening to Ben Shapiro today, and he was going over an article. Within like the first three paragraphs of that of said article, now you got the first paragraph. They use the pronouns they and them. Mm -hmm. Next paragraph down. The pronouns for the pronouns for the same person are she and her. Then the next paragraph down, same person, he, him. Right. Yeah, that, that's exactly the point. Is that it's it's that they don't believe in any kind of objective, measurable reality. Right. There is no logic. Logic is racist. Science is racist unless it supports us. Well, we'll say it supports us in reality. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, morality is racist unless it supports us. Um, I'm surprised they haven't even said God is racist yet, but outright, the concept of God is racist. It's a white supremacy is God. Jesus is white as a white supremacist. I'm sorry, I haven't oh, said that. Either. How many times have I heard that Catholicism is the white man's religion? Yeah, that's started ironic. by a guy in Judea. <laughs> and so they don't deal with that. So they, and they can just that, and because they don't, and because they resort so much to ad hominem attacks and characterizing their opposition and it gives them power, they've created all the justification and ability they need to just humiliate and just demolish and destroy people. And now they've got act, they've got rena, rena activists, rena, rena riots on demand. Rena riots. I'm going to remember that. Right. So there's a, there's a company here in Minnesota called Rain for Rent. How about Riots for Rent? <laughs> Sounds like an episode of The Simpsons. 
<laughs> Bart, in the future, Mr. Burns owns a company, not nuclear power, but actually riots for rent, and I'm the manager there. Come with me, Smithers. Smithers, uh, what are they upset about? Uh, they want a higher pay, sir. Ooh, give them their higher pay. But make them kill each other for it instead with sharpened bottles and killer instruments. What kind of force I will it have? In and save the day. I am from Batman. Uh, Smithers, why is Homer Simpson dressed up as a Batman costume? Get him out of my office. Yep, hound, sir. Yes, send the hounds. But the whole, but that's but my whole point is just that it's um, they were they worship this naked force of power to that degree, mm-hmm. that they can just they can just do that. So it's this religious fervor that is so detached from reality, it just drives them to that, and they don't need to think about what they're doing. Like it, it shocks me. It honestly shocks me to my core. I'm just like, you 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 do it's not. It's the level of stupidity, and yeah. it, it, it going back to Dochi, you know the. They think they sound so smart. I, I saw an article not too long ago. came from Seattle. Yeah. It's like heat inequality, evidence of systemic racism. Mm-hmm. you got to be freaking kidding me. I mean, what's next? I stubbed my toe, evidence of systemic racism. Yeah, no, they actually think like that. Um, or they say like, oh, well, you see that in the crop planting, um, the wheat field, we should cluster all the wheat together instead of spreading it out so it grows well. We should cluster it together so they can all support each other. Just like in the in the communist revolution, we all grow each other to support more. And they actually did this in communist China and they're just like, well, nothing grows here. Like, well, it's just all racist stuff. Like, what, what the F are you doing? Actually, no, I, I can't, I don't know if that was in communist China or not, but I heard that today and I was just like, I. I completely believe that's true because they don't care. It's and that's the point. They they really don't. Exactly. And unfortunately, we are starting to run low on time. So please tell me you got a book quote. I do. From Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. In that case, Mr. Banks, your book quote, please. The soul becomes dyed with the color of its thoughts. I'm going to have to meditate on that one. There's a book about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll try to think about it tonight, but like I said, leftist, you know, this was full to the neck when we started. You guys, leftists, drive me to drink. I hope there's a reckoning from God on July 4th, 5th, and 6th. I sure hope so. It might be on the 1st, which is now in an hour. Fingers at, crossed. At least in Tennessee. Because we're about to have constitutional carry. Yay! But in any case, we'd like to thank you all so much for watching. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, without further ado, we're just going to skip the BS. Hotteponum! Hey folks, if you like our podcast, be sure to check us out on Facebook. And also check us out on our podcast platforms. Namely, Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, and others you can also find on Anchor. God bless. And now for a quick blooper. Oh my god! You said that! Ah! ah my t- heresy! My she's like, ah, heresy! Ah. I, I heresied so bad I actually aspirated on whiskey. That is not a good feeling. <laughs> Mama.
Oh, it's the Irish stuff too. Now we we should cut that and splice that as a segment. 